Hello, I'm Dapper Dan Gavazdan, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which definitely count. Welcome to the Amazing Spider-Talk, the show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange, fun, and fascinating history of the Spider-Man comic universe. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Today, I, Dapper Dan Gavazdan, am going to be talking about the brand new Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales game, for the PlayStation 5 with my friend and podcaster, Dave Chen. You might know Dave from one of his many popular podcasts, including the Slash Filmcast and the Tobolowski Files. Dave invited me to join him for a conversation on his personal pop culture show, Culturally Relevant, for a review of the new video game, and so that's what you'll hear here. I hope that if you enjoy this conversation, you'll consider checking out the Culturally Relevant show, as it is an excellent place for interviews and discussions about our culture and how we engage with it. As for this conversation, we start with a spoiler-free section at the beginning and transition into a spoiler-filled discussion, but with plenty of warning for those of you who don't want the game's plot spoiled for you. So now, I hope you enjoy our conversation about Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales on the PlayStation 5. What's new? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Culturally Relevant, a podcast about film, television, art, and culture. I'm David Chen, and welcome to a bonus episode. You know, usually on the podcast, quite often we talk about serious things, uh, important things. Today, we're going to lighten it up a bit. We're going to talk about video games, and specifically a brand new video game that's just been released for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 consoles. Uh, which is called Spider-Man Miles Morales. It's a video game based on the Miles Morales character. It's kind of the sequel-ish follow-up to uh, the PlayStation 4's hugely successful Spider-Man game, uh, which was great fun and also uh, sold extremely well. I was really excited to play it. I just finished it this week, uh, as did my guest today, uh, who is joining me to discuss it, Dan Gvostin hosts the Amazing Spider Talk podcast. He has forgotten more about Spider-Man than I will ever know. <laughs> Dan Boston, thanks for joining me today on Culturally Relevant. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. Uh, you know, I've been really enjoying your serious topic shows, your quarantine diaries and things like that. And I, and I feel like while this might not be a serious topic, it does fit into that quarantine diaries thing because, because considering how fast we beat this game, it's probably <laughs> mostly what we've been doing. Indeed, indeed. So anyway, before we start, uh, just a couple quick call-outs. Uh, first of all, you can find more episodes of this podcast at culturallyrelevantshow.com. Email me at culturallyrelevantshow at gmail.com. And thanks to all of my patrons at patreon.com slash Dave Chen for supporting this podcast. Also, Dan, uh, Dan are we going to cross-post this? We're going to get some cross-posting action going? Yeah, I think that sounds fun. So if you want to hear this again, if you're hearing this on Culturally Relevant, which, I mean, why not? Give it a double download. Head on over to uh, my show, The Amazing Spider Talk. It's all about Spider-Man in every form you can imagine. So, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk about it later. But, uh, yeah, go check it out over there. Yeah, check out Dan's podcast. Uh, definitely a, a great listen if you are into Spider-Man or uh, comics in general. 
and I should also point out that uh, we will start by talking about general thoughts on the game and other things like that, and then we're going to move on into uh, spoilers uh, for the game because we both beat it and we want to talk about it. Um, but I guess here's a question, Dan, that we might want to start with. It, you know, I assume most people that saw the title of this episode come up on the podcast feed for culturally relevant, at least uh, that it was going to be a review of miles Morales, uh, the, the Spider-Man game probably are like, you know, uh, that, that doesn't interest me. I'm just not going to download it or listen to this. But if for some reason someone has made it this far into the podcast and has no idea what Spider-Man miles Morales is or, or why they should care. Do you have any thoughts on why someone should care? about Spider-Man Miles Morales if they have no idea about any of this stuff? Well, I mean, I think there's probably a number of avenues you could go down, uh, both like yes. cult- cultural and uh, like tech-related would be. Why don't, maybe you, the... why don't you take the cultural? I'll take the tech. How about that? Sure. Uh, so, I mean, uh, culturally, uh, Miles Morales is kind of, uh, you know, this... this. Uh, I mean, if, if you haven't heard of this game, then surely you've heard of Into the Spider-Verse, um, or and maybe you've just heard yes, of the character, the, the Academy Award-winning <laughs> Spider-Man yes. film, Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. Yes, uh, of which I was happy to join you on the Slash Filmcast to talk about. Um, but uh, you know, Miles kind of holds a special place in comics history, not as like you know the first uh, biracial superhero, or even the first black or Puerto Rican superhero. But, you know, the first of that in the realm of Spider-Man, which I guess is like a niche upon a niche. Um, but he kind of sees the, you know, the pop culture zeitgeist over a decade ago and has kind of found himself as this major Spider-Man figure. I mean, I I can't think of a superhero that went from page to movie screen, uh, to Academy Award quite, quite as quickly as, uh, Miles Morales has. And he's really kind of, um, in terms of popularity, you know, found himself like sitting comfortably alongside, you know, a, a cultural cultural juggernaut like Peter Parker, um, in, in a very short period of time, and and, and so in that regard, I, I think that this game is like a further reflection of that. Um, I mean, I mean, even just having a video game of Miles Morales is is really kind of hard to conceive of. Um, you know, j- just in in that there aren't many superhero video games generally, or especially of this caliber. Um, and uh, kind of representing this character. And I think this game really leans into how special, uh, you know, uh, that is, you know, uh, culturally and in terms of just kind of like pure pop culture significance. Uh, You've got like Black Lives Matter murals and uh, a lot of like really interesting characters that represent, you know, a a really different side of protagonists that you might not normally see in AAA video games. Yeah, uh, so I don't know that much about Miles Morales as a character separate from the video game. So I, I'm curious, like, in the video game, you find out re- really quickly that like, he has special powers that Peter Parker doesn't have. And also separately that he's kind of a, um, he's kind of perceived as the also-ran second-stringer Spider-Man compared mm-hmm. to Peter Parker. Like, Peter Parker and Miles Morales exist in the same universe, and they know each other, and they're friends, and Peter Parker's kind of training Miles Morales in this video game. Uh, and he's considered like this kind of also ran Spider-Man that, that must prove himself to become as beloved as Spider-Man prime. 
Uh, is that kind of the dynamic in the comic books as well, or uh, does the video game depart from that? And and, and if so, if, if it is a departure, like what is it about Miles Morales that's special in the comic books, other than uh, the fact that he is uh, a biracial Spider-Man? Sure. Uh, what's interesting about Miles Morales is kind of every different iteration of the character has a, almost a wildly different origin story. Um, well, not maybe not wildly different, but but quite different from each other. Whereas every with, iteration of Miles Morales in the comic books, you're saying? Uh, or, well, no, I mean like the comics, the movie, and this game. You know, I like, see. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I think it's because his comic origins are a little more complicated than say the standard uh, origin story. So Miles Morales uh, debuted not in the regular Marvel prime universe. There was this imprint of comics in the late nineties called the ultimate comics um, that started with ultimate Spider-Man written by Miles's co-creator, Brian Michael Bendis. And it was kind of a way to, you know, in the late nineties, Marvel was going, was filing for bankruptcy and their comics weren't selling very well. Um, and, and there's a whole story behind that. I won't get into, but they wanted to attract new readers who maybe were turned off by daunting, um, decades of continuity. And so they launched this ultimate line with the, uh, Spider-Man book that basically took Peter back to high school and, retold his origin stories in like with a modern lens. And that book ran for about 10 years. And Peter went from becoming a sophomore in high school to a junior in high school. But um, around exactly the 160th issue, they did a story called the death of, of Spider-Man. And uh, in that issue, Peter Parker is uh, murdered by the green goblin, saving his family. And a few issues later, Miles Morales was introduced and had been teased for quite some time. Um, and his origin in that universe is that he got bit by a different spider. Uh, as you saw in the Into the Spider-Verse movie, yeah. this kind of like spider with a 42 on the back of it. Um, and uh, was actually around on the scene when Peter was killed and was so scared he didn't do anything. And Miles is like 13 in the comics, which is like uh, no other uh, iteration really has him that young. And I think for good reason. Um, and so Peter Parker, the whole idea is really that Peter Parker would become his uncle Ben figure. You know, he could have mm. stepped in and done something and yet uh, out of fear or uh, I, mean, I guess in Peter's case, it's not necessarily fear, but uh, you get the idea is that like, this is a thing Peter his legacy continues on in miles who has to, you know, through his inaction, live up to the mantle of Spider-Man. And then um, I I won't go too much further into the weeds of this, but there was a big story in the comics called secret wars um, that basically ended the multiverse in Marvel comics for about a week because nothing is ever permanent. And, uh, that ultimate universe was folded into the regular universe. And the one real consistent change is that miles found himself in the comics universe with the normal Peter Parker that people have been reading for 50 plus years. So the continuity is now that miles and Peter uh, coexist. Um, And if you ask me, I think it actually has made miles a weaker character because 
I felt like he was stronger on his own when he was living up to the mantle of Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And now that he's just like coexisting alongside Peter, he does kind of feel like a second run Spider-Man, which I think kind of cheapens the character. Um, Into the Spider-Verse kind of reworked a lot of that and really made, I think, Miles into a stronger character, more unique. Um, you know, I think not written by Brian Michael Bendis, who kind of, I think, tended to write Peter and Miles very similarly to each other. And then this game has taken it even you know, further afield that Miles is inspired by his police officer father who dies. That's not in the comics at all. Um, that's all crafted for this particular universe. Interesting. Um, Interesting. So they're all quite different. And I think, you know, first of all, the comics thing that I just went through for a few minutes there is way too complicated to just lay out for any normal person. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. So I, I do feel like uh, all of these new iterations are a way of kind of like figuring out, you know, how to, you know, present miles in, in a, in a whatever way they feel fit. And it's actually made him, I think, kind of um, flexible, right? You can yeah. use him in, for for whatever theme you want to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting uh, to hear like uh, the different takes on miles Morales. Do you have a favorite one between the comics the Into the Spider-Verse or the video game, like uh, in terms of the, which version of Miles Morales you prefer? I think Into the Spider-Verse is the richest interpretation. It's pretty good. It's I, pretty I also good, think yeah. it's the best Spider-Man movie, as I said on your show. So um, I'm very partial to that, uh, yeah, that interpretation. No, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. That's uh, that's interesting to, to reflect on. And I would say that the Miles Morales uh, in the PlayStation video game, is, it's like a fairly straightforward rendition of the character. I would say Into the Spider-Verse is not a straightforward one because of you have like the multiverse and everything like that, but it's mm-hmm. it's Miles Morales in, in the video game is um, he gets bit by a spider, he kind of connects with Peter, and Peter kind of trains him up, and then, oh, Peter is finally taking a vacation after all these years, um, which, by the way, happens to <laughs> coincide with some pretty big crises that happen in, uh, in New York City uh, during the time of the video game. So, it just gives Miles Morales some time to to you know come into his own as the new Spider-Man. I do like that Peter gives him like a long leash, like it, it, just inherently that he trusts him. I I thought was quite meaningful in in this version of the game. And 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 if I may w- say one last thing about the differences between the different characters, um, you know, in the comics, Miles is kind of written a lot like Peter. He's like this kind of smart tech guy, the same way that he is in this game. And, you know, a lot of people complained that like, he really wasn't that distinctly different than Peter, which is why I like the end of the spider verse one where they don't really try to smart him up at all. uh, If you will, he's got different interests than Peter. He's into music and graffiti and, and art and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, it was a little feel, bit richer. It feels like the, maybe the video yeah. game split the difference a little bit. Would you a say a little like, bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's he's very clearly into STEM in the uh, video game. Right? Correct. He's very, yeah. very clearly into like tech things and, um, yeah. So a bit of context uh, before we even dive into this game, which is when Spider-Man the video game came out uh, a few years ago, uh, it was pretty re- uh, revolutionary. Maybe it's too strong of a word, but like it was a big deal and. The reason it was a big deal is most video games based off of comic book characters or movies are trash, right? Like in historically, uh, they are very, very bad. If you look at for, for examples, I'll just throw out a couple examples. Um, Fight Club, the movie, uh, the video game, 
terrible. <laughs> the Sopranos video game for PlayStation 2, I think it was, like awful. You know, like there's just been a history of really terrible video games being released in the wake of extremely popular and beloved um, TV shows and movies. They are gen- they were generally viewed as kind of a cash grab. Like, oh, hey, we're marketing um, uh, this movie. and We got to... We as a video game company need to like ride that wave of marketing, right? Even and- more uh, directly, like in the Spider-Man line of games, you know, the past few games predating that were um, ones that you always felt like they had to meet the release date of the movie. So they were rushed through production yeah. to meet that date. And so you got these two amazing Spider-Man games which had some good ideas, but were just super rough around the edges when games that preceded them were quite good um, and, and really made the Spider-Man series stand apart. Um, but then uh, I think it's right. Insomniac came out with Spider-Man a uh, few, few years ago and uh, specifically 2018. And it was awesome. It, it delivered on every front. First of all, I actually restarted that game the other day. I have the remaster on PlayStation 5, and uh, I, I restarted it again. And within two minutes of playing, you're, you, you're starting to swing through New York City. And they, it's like, press R2 to swing through New York City. And they're teaching you how to swing through New York City. And it is a lot of fun. And that's the thing. is like There's very few games where getting around is its own like really fun activity arguably like you could say maybe grand theft auto is another example of this right but like this game is a blast to just go from place to place and they nailed it they nailed the transportation of like spider-man swinging around the city how fun and exhilarating that is layered on top of that a brilliant score and also a great spider-man story that kind of honors what we know and understand about spider-man um, probably has a bunch of nods to the comic book, uh, you know, renditions of these characters, but is very accessible for people who might not know anything about Spider-Man, like myself, heathens such as myself. <laughs> I had a you great get, time. You get a pass, yeah. David. <laughs> I had a great time with uh, the Spider-Man game a couple of years ago, and I, I assume you feel the same way, Dan. Is that right? Yeah, I th- I thought it was really fabulous. I mean, uh, you you said kind of the thing I think that stands most apart for me is that there's just kind of this like flow you get into or this groove you can get into just going around the city, doing small errands or uh, you know just swinging through uh, buildings that there's nothing really quite like. Uh, I, I, as a gamer myself, uh, my taste tends towards not open world games, typically because I I find the traversal so cumbersome or boring um, or that it has so many systems and maybe one or two of them are fun, but most of them don't get enough attention to truly be fun. But you really felt in this game, like you were Spider-Man. I know that sounds really uh, like a, like a marketing line, big V Spider-Man, but like <laughs> every aspect of it, uh, worked you know like there was no part of his power set that didn't feel natural to the character that you were playing and if you think about spider-man i mean it's not really the easiest character to translate to games you know even if even you're just mentioning crawling on the ceiling to suddenly being on the floor or whatever um and so just kind of like putting it in a package where everything just worked immediately i think was just the, the major success and and that success obviously carries over into the miles morales game 
Yeah, so uh, it was great. I should also mention the combat in the Spider-Man game is also really fun. You know, like uh, you're chaining combos together. You're using cool powers. You're using cool Peter Parker gadgets. Uh, it was a blast. It was a blast. So uh, then Spider-Man Miles Morales comes out. Uh, it's for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. You and I are both lucky enough to have a PlayStation 5. So yes. we played it on on this system. And I really had a great time with it. I uh, there's there's a few things that I felt like were a reason why this is like a great way to inaugurate the new generation of consoles. First of all, it looks incredible, but not only that, the performance is amazing as well. You start up the game, and within ten seconds, you are in the world, and it's just like wow. Uh, you know, I said this on the slash filmcast as well, but I felt like I've wasted so much of my life looking at loading screens. <laughs> and that's what this game makes you realize in the PlayStation 5 is because uh, it's all solid state hard drives now. It loads so quickly. It's amazing to play. Uh, and there's cool, you know, ray tracing effects if you want them. But let me ask you this question. Are you a performance guy or are you a fidelity guy, Dan Kvostin? Uh, because basically PlayStation 5, like they make you choose between whether you want to see cooler effects and reflections or whether you want 60 frames per second. I don't want to commit to which side of the war I'm going to be on just yet. Um, with Miles, I'm a fidelity guy. Wow. Um, I, I cannot play the performance mode on this. I just find it so ugly. Uh, oh my and I, gosh. I don't it's fascinating. I don't mean like, oh, the ray tracing is slightly diminished. I just, the, the speed of the 60 frames per second is just garish to my eyes i i so uh, fascinating for me i played 99.9 percent of this game in performance mode mm. i am like i I am now uh, you know 60 fps 60 frames per second for me is now like hd was for, for me like when like i can't go back to non 60 frames per second anymore that's how bad it is for me I wonder so, if I just need to get acclimated to it. I mean, it, it could just be like, I mean, you watch a lot of movies, so I'm not going to say that like it's my movie watching. It could just be because it. I'm more of a movie buff than you, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I'm not going to claim that, but I, but like there just something about it just is, you know, it feels like the Hobbit movies in, in, in the kind of mm. fast. There's, there's just something about it that just seems unnatural to me, but then I've got demon souls and I'm a performance mode guy in that game. So yeah. like I I'm like I said I don't want to choose a side um on that but I didn't feel like I needed the extra speed in 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 miles cuz I didn't feel like it tested my reflexes like in quite the same way it's I think it's pretty forgiving um but I don't know I mean I just turned it on I was doing a, a Twitch stream of it the other night and within minutes I was like I can't keep doing this I just find it so uh, garish wow. yeah well let's hear about your so i had a great time with the game i think mm -hmm. I, I spent what 15 hours on it it's a fairly short campaign compared to the first compared to spider-man uh love the game uh and just thoroughly enjoyed the experience of playing it on the playstation 5 and thought it was a great way to kick off this new generation of consoles um i think you were a little bit more mixed on it so tell me about your thoughts on the overall game experience for you yeah, well, I want to couch my 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 thoughts in saying like everything that you thought was great about the last Spider-Man game is still great here, right? Mm. Uh, like, so when when I say like I didn't love certain aspects of it, it's like, well, you know, I, I, not every petal on this rose was perfect, or what, whatever 
weird strained metaphor you want to go with, but um, uh, yeah, uh, for, for me, it was like, there's both a joy in more of the same and uh, a kind of a feeling of repetition that settled in for me with this game. Um, I, I think l- largely my hesitancy to like uh, scream from the rafters or whatever um, it, about this is that um, you kind of start back at page one at the beginning of the game for everybody to jump on board. And I felt like the gameplay itself didn't introduce enough new things in it for me to, to feel new. I felt like I was doing actions that I had already done in the previous game ad nauseum. Mm. Uh, you know, villains were very much the same miles handles almost identically to Peter. Um, there's, he's kind of like a, I know he's less gadget oriented than Peter is, but his venom moves um, replicate a lot of those gadgets that Peter had. I just felt like I was playing the same guy as before. And I, and and that was a little disappointing to me because I thought like uh, even if miles himself wasn't built completely differently than, than Peter was, I wanted the gameplay to reflect that difference a little bit more. I feel like we get a lot of these new powers uh, of miles and we meet new people, but the levels felt like they did the last time. Um, I was never asked to use camouflage to sneak through um, a scenario where I was like forced to use it. Um, The venom blast thing felt like, okay, I need to turn on this button, but instead of pushing the button, I'll use a blast. Um, I, I just, I, I didn't feel yeah. like the, the gameplay like took advantage of these new ideas and did anything with them. And then in between that, you're just slowly ramping up the difficulty by adding a new villain type in every level and the environments are the same. It's always a, an, an empty room of some kind with guys in it that populate it. Whereas I felt like in the last game we had interesting scenarios like, the level where you're controlling MJ and you have to call Spider-Man down from the ceiling or things that just twisted the gameplay up a little bit and kept it Interesting. fresh. Interesting. I I uh, didn't like any of those things that you're describing. Like those <laughs> uh, those other things like whenever we were not playing as Peter Parker in the last game, I was like when am I going to get back to playing as Peter Parker? Oh, I I agree with that. I just kind of meant like something to kind of like change up the perspective via, or or the task that you were doing. I felt like I was endlessly beating up on goons in this game. Did you do any of the side quests? By I did. So like, I did a lot of them. I think I'm at like a 90% completion. Oh yeah. So you, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think overall you're, I agree with you that there's not much new introduced in the game, right? Like he handles very similarly than, than Peter Parker. The what, one thing that's interesting is he looks different, right? And his movements are different. Um, mm. He's, he's a very slender dude. And also, like, he is less sure of himself because he's still learning how to be Spider-Man. Like, we, you see it in all his kind of mannerisms and his little movements. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting. I thought, they, you know, they tried to visually distinguish him. But I agree with you overall. There's not much new in terms of gameplay. I did like that they stripped out the kind of, in my opinion, boring parts when you're not playing as the person as Spider-Man. You know, like, I kind of didn't like those in the first game. And I appreciated that they were gone in this game. Uh, but overall, yeah, you're, you're, you're right that it's, uh, the, the gameplay is largely the same. I guess I just appreciated the same gameplay with a fresh coat of paint 
and also like just really awesome performance you know and it was felt like playing a different game almost um than the first one completely uh and so i still had a great time with it let's talk about some of the story elements of it now we're not going to spoil anything quite yet but one thing i thought was really interesting was i don't know if you saw this this article uh over at gizmodo um about uh spider-man like this game's relationship with the police uh, it's by Charles Pulliam Moore, and the headline is Miles Morales pre- reforms Spider-Man's relationship with the police when it needs to be abolished. Uh, did you see this piece by any chance, Dan? No, but I had seen a lot of the think pieces about the the relationship with the police from the previous game. Um, yeah. And I was kind of waiting to finish this game before I really kind of thought about how I fe- felt about that. Because um, there's actually a lot of side missions that deal with the police and firefighters and things like that. Not that those two are in the same camp as each other, but um, I kind of wanted to see how all those pieces fit together because in the last game, a lot of the stuff with the police was also relegated to side quests. So I wanted to have like a full understanding of the game before I really um, went into the think piece territory, but talk to me about it. I'd love to hear about this. Well, let me preamble this by saying that I think a lot of people react poorly to pieces like this uh in ways that i you know i don't appreciate like i i think that if we think video games and their stories are important and are art uh, which i do then uh we should take art seriously and we should talk about it as though it's art and take the ideas that it puts out seriously um and i think a lot of people are threatened by pieces like this you know because what they see when they read a piece like this is the thing that you love or the thing that you're having fun with is bad and you should feel bad. I, I, I think I like when I see the, the Twitter reaction to pieces like this, that's what I think it is. And I don't think that is a productive reaction. I think that like, Hey, let's uh, j- just because you're saying like a video game like this is, is kind of putting forward a specific idea. It doesn't mean you're a bad person for liking the video game or anything like that. We're just trying to see, if we look deep, what this game is trying to say about police. And so I just, you know, start with that preamble. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I, I think with video games, it's tough because there's no like, uh, especially now there's not like renting a video game. You're kind of all in or you're not. And it kind of right. creates this like this my camp fandom. versus your camp. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. And I'm just like, I mean, I, I don't know about your podcast, if people are going to be listening to this episode on your podcast, but like uh, probably I've already scared off, um, you know, from my podcast and my my fandom, uh, most people that would be threatened by something like that. So uh, but it, it does make me sad when I see people read a piece like this and say, like, how dare this person put this opinion forward? Now, I read this piece. I do not agree with uh, a good portion of it. But I do do think it raises some really interesting points, and I'll, I'll link to this in the show, the piece in the show notes. But, but the as far as I can tell, right, what the piece is trying to say is that the first Spider-Man game had an almost like odd devotion to the police, right? Like I'm pretty sure one of the main characters in the first game, like Yuri, was a member of the police, right? Yeah, and so it's very much like Spider-Man. Spider-Man equals virtue equals working with police. There's even Spider-Cop, right? Like that's the reoccurring bit. Yeah. So it's like a, uh, it's a very kind of idealistic in its vision of both Spider-Man and the police. Right. And 
I think what's interesting about Spider-Man Miles Morales is the video game on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 is they do not replicate that dynamic. Um, And uh, I'll read a quote from the article here. Quote, where Peter Parker's game, the first Spider-Man game, framed the ground level police as his at times unwitting allies, Miles Morales goes out of its way to draw as much attention away from them as possible. It often feels as if the game's creative team understood that a story about an Afro-Puerto Rican teenager teaming up with New York cops would strike the wrong tone, especially in a year that's been defined by protests calling for police reform and abolition in response to the kind of institutional police brutality that's left countless innocent unarmed black people and brown people murdered by law enforcement. But the more you play the new game, the more you see that its attempt to acknowledge our real world realities only goes but so far. Ultimately, the game doesn't either doesn't have the courage or desire to be honest about the way things are, end quote. Where I disagree with Charles Pulliam, Pulliam Moore's piece is I, I think he, you know, my reading is that he wanted this piece to kind of weigh in on world events and say like, uh, and, and kind of be an indictment of the police. You know, there is a Black Lives Matter mural. So it does nod to that movement. And I think what he was looking for was like for this game to kind of acknowledge like, hey, there is systemic racial injustice and things like that. And I just think that is like beyond, that. that is expecting uh, a reasonable, um, so, like it's reasonable to expect that of video games. It's reasonable to expect games to take a a strong political and moral stance. And we should continue doing that, but I I didn't see that it would ha- like it would not ha- I would not have predicted it would happen with this game. This is a like mass market game, and the idea that this game would weigh in on this in a in a huge like full throated way, um, it, it just would have broken with not only like what this company has done in the past in Insomniac games. Like Insomniac is not lo- known for like political screeds um but just like the video game industry in general i think just isn't super thoughtful about uh these types of issues they go out of their way to not be thoughtful because thoughtfulness uh will create controversy which on occasion can hurt sales and so i i don't know that it was it was like a realistic thing to expect that this game would have a really serious point of view about the police relationship. But I do think that how the game treats police is rather interesting because I agree with this piece's assessment that they're basically invisible, right? Like yeah. they, you, the, the, the game doesn't deal with them at all. And, and most of the kind of uh, side quests that Miles Morales goes to solve are done in this app, right? Which is kind of a nod toward community policing. But what's interesting to me is like, was was what's in this game really a reaction to what's happened in the last year? Like, video games take a long time to be made and completed. You know, like it's it's not like they can just turn on a dime and say like, oh, we got to like redo all this. May- maybe they redid like all the police stuff in this game uh, after George Floyd this year. But I don't know. Uh, it, uh, that's it's just something I'm I've been thinking about. Is like, was this game a reaction to what happened this year? Mm. So so anyway. Uh, my my answer to your question about like how this game deals with police is I think it's interesting. It basically completely it doesn't do a one eighty when it comes to the original Spider Man games um, uh, relationship with police, which was like very uh, what do you call it? You know, uh, Blue Lives Mattery. 
I don't know about that, but like I was gonna say adoring, but that's not even quite yeah. that's not even quite accurate. But just basically like that uh, partnered. This, yeah, yeah, they're, they're very like partners. Like that's not the case in this game, and um, I thought that was interesting. Uh, what did you have any reaction to that? Did you notice that when you played it the first time? Well, I, I noticed that, like how absent they were uh, to a point that it's almost eerie. Like you, you feel like you're, you're <laughs> like, uh, you know, knowing the real world. Um, and, and I live right next to Simi Valley, which is like police headquarters of, of the world. So, uh, you know, I might have more police activity than, than most places, but like, uh, you know, and as someone who lived in New York, it was very, very strange to just not see police as present in this game to the point that miles is doing activities that like it concerns me uh, are being left to a superhero to fulfill. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, it's like a video- petty, petty larceny. He's like foiling petty larceny or something like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and of course there's the really ridiculous stuff like collecting people's pigeons again. Um, although this time the pigeons are now involved in, like a grand scheme to rob the daily bugle, but um, uh, I'll leave that for people to enjoy. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, some of that stuff, like uh, it was kind of concerning and and there's definitely a conversation, you know, to be had about superheroes in general. There's this great idea of like the fascism of superheroes because they, they are like the Uber man that they, they literally go beyond the law to enact justice, how they see fit. Yeah. Um, and we don't you know, talk about how fascist the concept of superheroes are in general, I think. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there are shows like The Boys and stuff like that that right. get into that territory. But, um, you know, I think Marvel will dip into it now and again with things like Civil War and stuff like that. But they they really, uh, you know, it, it depends on how postmodern they want to be. And um, I mean, I, I mean, the Marvel films are like overwhelmingly a celebration of the concept of the superhero, I think. Right. Like. So. Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, I, I think like wrinkles were added in to the formula when in Civil War in a way that I didn't expect them to quite go with. Um, but but yes, I mean, like Endgame. If Endgame is the period at the end of the sentence, it's uh, superheroes good. It is not. It is not a repudiation <laughs> of the concept of superheroes, Dan. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um, uh, yeah, but um, I mean that you have Captain America, uh, uh, like uh, knowingly hiding that his friend murdered another person's parents is interesting. Um, although not really well tackled um, and kind of brushed under the rug uh, in lieu of saving the world. But um, you know, to the Black Lives Matter mural, I mean, it, it goes beyond that even because that's kind of the final reward in this game. If you do all of the like side quests born of your phone and um, you get a Black Lives Matter costume and it's not called that, but it, it is uh, g- delivered to you at the base of the Black Lives Matter mural and it is the colors of the Black Lives Matter uh, iconography, um, and I found that interesting. Like that, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I just don't think they needed to make that statement and um, to kind of end the final image of the kind of long-standing quest you're going on with that. I think is powerful in its own right, if not like enough to erase the bad taste of the police stuff from the first game. 
Well, I'd recommend checking out this piece by Charles Pulliam Moore, and he acknowledges that part as well, and says like it does. It's the the game. While it does nod towards Black Lives Matter, I think we, you and I, would both agree, Dan does absolutely nothing to kind of tackle this idea of uh, racial injustice of the hands of the police, right? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it, it's about it's about the same as like all of the women in Endgame joining together to fight. You know, like it's just performative. Uh, uh, you know, and 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 like we might enjoy like some of that performative nature, but it is hollow. Uh, yeah, and I think it's because like most mass market video games are not, and we should, should should say this about like most Disney movies as well, are just not ready to take strong political stance in general. Um, and uh, that is a shame, but it is part of the engine of capitalism that we live in and continue to feed. So, uh, and it doesn't go for all movies, doesn't go for all video games, but like just from my anecdotal observation, that's, that's been the case. It's just also fascinating for me to imagine an alternate universe in which like it, it was the case where like there was the same dynamic with the cops in this game. Like it just would have been so poorly received. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like if if this this game Miles Morales was all about Miles Morales and the cops teaming up to solve crimes, like it, I think the reaction would be very negative right now, right to the game. Um, but that's not the case. So I think they kind of tried to thread this needle, and overall, I think they uh, accomplished what they set out to do. So I was just surprised that they didn't go into it thematically. I mean, you know, there's the whole Gamergate thing, but in comics, there's this thing called Comicsgate, which uh, I can't believe I'm talking about this right now. But, uh, you know, it's this idea that, like, politics have become far too overt in uh in in mainstream comics and and that is what's bringing mainstream comics down and they're not selling as much uh any anymore well that's ignoring that there are a million new different ways to get your entertainment today than there was um you know back when comics originated but um you know they think that the reason that comics aren't selling as well is this overt political stuff and they'd rather that politics be handled like on a thematic nature. So you've got, I mean, Stan Lee used to do this all the time in, in, in his run of Spider-Man comics where you'd have like Robbie Robertson at the Daily Bugle talking to his son about like how to get ahead in the world. And there were like, uh, you know, uh, riots and, and protesting on Peter Parker's campus to kind of reflect the, you know, uh, nature of life in the 60s. Um, but it would never like, you know, insert Richard Nixon into the pages of the comics. Whereas today that you might find something like that. Um, but like, it is strange to me that the themes of this story aren't even really ab about that in any way. Um, anyway, that's just my thought. Well, I mean, what would we say the themes of Spider-Man Miles Morales are, you know, I, I think it's, it echoes the idealistic vision of the first game, I think, right? Which is just that um, it's with great power comes great responsibility. Like uh, we, you, one should seek to do good as much as is possible. Um, one should seek the to save as many lives as possible. You know, one should not, in trying to stop evil, become evil. You know, these kind of fairly basic. Uh, and at this point, kind of banal messages. But mm -hmm. I, I say that, you know, it sounds like I'm dissing the game, but uh, there is something to be enjoyed about the earnestness of it. There's 
you know, very little media I consume these days that is really just uh, earnest and optimistic. And this is a game I think that is earnest and optimistic. Wouldn't you say so? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think, you know, it, it, it at times is uh, at a, at fault. You know, like it, where it just seems overly familiar, but then at other times it does that really smart Marvel thing where it it goes really earnest, but then kind of acknowledges it with a joke here or there that allows you to kind of like lean into the earnestness of it and and enjoy it. I, I would often find myself on the verge of an eye roll and then they would make a joke about it and I would go, Oh, okay. They're aware. And, and I, and it allowed me to kind of like, uh, like lean into the kind of like a bright eyed optimism uh, of it all. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of dig the idea that like, Hey, anyone can be a hero and you know, uh, it's up to you to help to solve the problems in your community. And like, it's, it's all just very like idealistic things can be better and I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it because obviously we're living in a world that ha- in which a lot of hope has been removed from us, right? So uh, I, I appreciated that part of it. Shall we get into spoilers for the game? Anything else you want to say before we get into spoilers? Um, no, let's do it. Yeah, let's talk about spoilers for the game. So uh, the game introduces this colorful cast of characters. Krieger, this guy who like the first... 30 seconds he's introduced i'm like this is going to be the ultimate bad guy i mean it feels like they weren't even trying they weren't even trying to make him not seem evil from the start right but then they pretty much forget about him yeah for most of the game it seems right what happened Um, to brendan frazier i wanted to see him indeed indeed uh and i I mean the person who is the ultimate villain in the game is finn and i gotta say uh a little bit mixed on the finn arc you know, because you spend quite a bit of time, like her being convinced that she has to destroy the entire world. And then she kind of has this like Martha from Batman versus Superman moment in <laughs> at the end of the game, <laughs> you know, where she sees Miles like about to sacrifice himself to stop right. this reactor. And then she's like, wait, that's like uh, the other person I knew that I loved who also did the same thing. And now I'm going to be a good person again. You know, don't know if I quite found that satisfying. What did you think? I just felt like the game really uh, gave her a lot of room to be a character that had was like morally gray and had a like a legitimate reason um, to do what she was doing. And you understood why Miles wanted to stop her. Um, but at the same time, you kind of understood where she was coming from. But then I feel like it the decision isn't really ultimately left up to her to make. You know, the decision is made for her by the fact that there's some something wrong with the wiring in the device that it's gonna end up blowing up all of Harlem. Um and she just doesn't believe that because Miles has lied to her in the past, which I thought yeah. was a, a nice wrinkle, but I didn't really quite get like why that was such a hang up. So it feels like she goes from a character with a lot of agency to suddenly just being forced to be bad. And so the writers have to lean into that and write her that way. And the whole final battle with yeah, her, because, she's, because she's not yeah. fundamentally an evil person is a thing, right? Like, no, she's, she, she's trying to enact some version of justice. And the reason why she is framed as evil is because of what you said, which is like, she made an error in her, it was an honest mistake that she made right in, in the calculation. 
Um, and and so it it ultimately isn't necessarily a battle of ideas as much as it is a battle of like techniques, right? Right. And I, I think there's a lot of missed opportunity, even just in the way that the games like stages the battle, if you will, with her, the final battle. I mean, we're in this kind of like, we're in Roxxon Plaza and it's just like this hall of mirrors and shiny things, which don't get me wrong, looked amazing on my PlayStation five. Um, in, in, and I'll say in fidelity mode. Um, and, uh, you know, we had just come from, uh, they spent all this time with us going through these like really slow narrative bits, which I felt like, you know, it was really hard to play these narrative bits after playing last of us Two, which I know you're not a fan of, but I do feel like the, the scenes where that game slows down, there's always a really touching character arc that's subtly being done. And these just don't measure up to, to that at all. I definitely got a last of us tingle. Uh, during some scenes, I'm like, oh, this game is trying to pull like a Last of Us. And The Last of Us 2 does do that much better than this game. And like, it doesn't help that this game is also in a museum with space yes. stuff in it. Yep, yep, um, yep but, but I felt like there was a real missed opportunity to stage the final battle between Miles and Finn in this in this rocks or in the the Osborne Space Center where all of their memories were formed together. Like you could have them yeah. destroying space shuttles and their device that they worked so hard together on. And instead we're in just like boring. Yeah. Generic buildings. kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's like, don't, don't get me wrong. The art team, I feel like did an incredible job on this game. Um, like I, I really came into this thinking, you know, I didn't love the art style of the first game. Um, the kind of like, going for uncanny Valley realism, especially when you get the into the spider verse suit in this game where you're like, well, what kind of potential could there have been? Um, but they really sold me on the art style by the end. But then I'm like, the storytellers just aren't doing anything with that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like we're kind of crapping on the game and the, and the ending a little bit, which, which we kind of are. I mean, I think that I, I had a great, ride overall but the ending felt a little bit underwhelming to me just because yeah a as we said there's there's not really like a big disagreement between these two fundamentally right yeah. like the the reason they're fighting is because one of them doesn't understand something correctly right uh which by the way i should point out is kind of similar to the ending of uh civil war as well the uh the avengers uh, or captain america civil war um but on top of that I just felt like her turn was like real fast, you know? Yeah. Um, real hard. Real fast, real hard. And then, you know, she comes in and saves the day and is like, oh, you know, another person who sacrificed themselves so that like Peter could learn a lesson. Um, and it, it just is like a, it ended up being like a really tragic arc. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, the ending was a little bit, uh, 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 anticlimactic, but I, I I actually did quite enjoy the battle. I died several times on it, mm-hmm. um, and I thought it was like, wow, this is actually like really hard fighting her at the end. Uh, just in terms of the the mechanics of like, she has this gigantic sword. She's launching missiles. She's launching like these spinning blades at you. It was a challenge. It was a challenge, uh, and I appreciated that. So I, I agree with that, and I, I like the challenge of it. Um, you know, in, in terms of like getting back to my comment about the repetition of gameplay, I, I, I do feel like um, 
uh, one of the struggles with this game is that there's a joy in how short and condensed it is and how you can kind of just get through it. I, and that sounds like it's like a bad sit or whatever, but um, uh, I, I, what I mean is like it, it, there's not padding or, or there really yeah. shouldn't be padding. Um, but at the same time, like uh, I didn't feel like there were a ton of new ideas uh, introduced and, and that you can see that in the bosses, like all the bosses come down to um, using your spider sense to dodge at the last second. And then whether it's trigger a venom blast or whatever, you know, like why wasn't there a boss where I had to go invisible and, and do like all kinds of, you know, use my venom powers to, uh, you know, turn on motors or maybe I'm fighting electro and we're both electric guys. You know, I just feel like there's yeah. so much more room for imagination and as much as I enjoyed the final fight, it was like, well, I've done this with a different coat of paint on it throughout the rest of the game. Um, and, uh, you know, the, I feel like the opening with Rhino is like one of the like more memorable things, you know, where it evolves constantly into new things. Right. And yeah. and, and, and I would love to see more of that uh, through, throughout these games. It, feel, it, just, it feels like the yeah. game really peaked early, I'll say. Right. Oh, like, yeah. That that is like one of the most exhilarating fights of the game, and nothing in the rest of the game ever really matches up to it, in my opinion. Just in term, just in terms of the thrill of it, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Like even just like with, I mean, I, I can't wait for the next one because that opening scene has two Spider Men in it. So like, it's so fun to be doing your thing and see Peter flipping around, making jokes, and pulling the train up for you to go under. I mean, it was a real thrill to be in the midst of all of that chaos um, and feel like you had some hand in controlling it. Um, and, and that I found really thrilling. Um, and, and while we're on something positive, because I, I do, I did have a good time with this game, um, you know, but as always, you know, I want to use this opportunity to push them forward. The same way that you were saying about that, you know, police article, you know, you can, you can criticize something without any anyway, destroying it. But um, I loved, uh, the how they couched the design of Miles's suit in in this game that the V cut red uh, on the black suit was uh, uh, modeled after the Puerto Rican flag that is not from the comics or anywhere and uh, I thought what a beautiful thing to kind of I'll always carry that with me when I look at Miles from now on like that's a reflection of his heritage in some way and um, it's like wow what a happy accident. Random observation about the suits. I love the variety of the suits, and I love that you can choose which one. But some of the suits are very weird and silly. You mm -hmm. know, like there's one where you're like wearing a scarf and stuff, and there's one where you look like a giant giant cyborg and stuff. And sometimes it's just weird when you're like in a fairly mundane situation wearing like a a wild suit, <laughs> and everyone's like treating you like you're a normal person. You know, it, there is this kind of dissonance on occasion. Uh, this uh. Not not even ludo narrative dissonance necessarily, but just like people are treating you like they wouldn't necessarily be treating you because you chose a different skin. Um, but anyway, I, I do like the variety of the suits, and and as you indicated, I did have a great time uh, with the game. I think it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, even though even if it is much of the same, you know, the same was actually really enjoyable the first time around. I, I looking back on it though now you you're making me reconsider a lot of things you're making me think oh yeah you're right there were a lot of missed opportunities now that you mention it Dan 
Yeah, um, I mean, I, I just think, like, you know, from a gameplay point of view, like, how many rooms do I have to go in and beat up guys? But, like, y- you could change up that formula, you know, pretty easily. Like, say, like, hey, in this room, the floor is electrocuted, so you can only take guys out from above or whatever. But I never felt like the challenge yeah. was varied, you know, at all. It was – and half the time I just spent – you know, uh, silently stealthing people. But even that, it's like, there's no real reward for doing things stealthily um, in in that regard. Like typically I could just run into the room, beat everybody up, no problem. Um, And I I guess it comes down to like skill or whatever. I'm not trying to say I'm good at this game or anything like that, but um, yeah. I, I also wonder just like, you know, this is a game that came out in the middle of a pandemic. You know, I wonder like if there were things that they couldn't execute on because of the pandemic. Um, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but maybe, maybe there were versions of that in previous renditions of the game. And they're just like, no, we can't realistically do it. Like we need to ship a simpler version of this. Um, because I would say from my, as you indicated, like the first game did have a much wider variety of missions, right? So whether you like them or not, they, they yeah. really tried to change it up. And I think that's also, you know, maybe part of the short nature of this game is like, they're so busy teaching you, how to play the game. Um, like you're getting new moves and new things all the time. Right. Up until you, the end. Yeah. Right. But you don't have the ability in that short period of time to go in depth and really change it up all that much. Right. When you're playing a Mario game, the first 10 levels typically cover the basics that you see in every Mario game, but it's only much later on in the special worlds and stuff where they really get to go crazy because they know that you've had time to master it. But in something as short as this, I think that maybe they feel a little more like, you know, handcuffed about what they can really truly do. Um, so I'm, I'm excited, hopefully that we get some DLC and maybe they go a little wilder in that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know though. I, you know, I wasn't super impressed by the DLC in the first game. I have to say, um, no, I agree with you, but they did things like, uh, there's that black cat mission where you're in the, uh, painting gallery and you have to stop the people from stealing the paintings. Yeah. Yeah. That um, was cool. Right. So like that's a place where you start kind of shaking up the game, the core gameplay and do new things with it. So I I would be much more interested if things like that were happening um, rather than just giving me new suits. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, we had a great time. There is some room for improvement in the game, though. Uh, But uh, overall, like, how did you feel about the story that this told about Miles Morales? I liked it. I mean, I think it's fairly basic, but it's really well told. Um, you know, the characters are warm. You know, every time someone piped in over my like, you know, speakers or talked to me while I was swinging around, I wanted to hear what they had to say because I like these people. Yeah, they're cool characters. Yeah. I kind of I kind of wish there was a little bit more about like the relationship between him and his mom. Yes. You know, because theoretically his mom is somebody who has lost uh, her husband, who was a police officer and like was a crime fighter. And like, so you'd think, you know, that would influence her wanting to be protective of him in some way. And uh, that, that relationship was really given short trift. I think you're right. It, it is a function of the length. I think the Spider-Man game was like twice or three times as long as this game. Right. So you really had time to kind of delve into themes like that. Whereas this game is really just like, oh, we got to introduce all these characters and here are all, all the moves and uh, here's the main villain. And now you're done. Like that's basically kind of the the, the pace of this game. 
Um, the same is true with like the Prowler character who I think is very, is given very little, uh, real depth. We don't really ever find out what went on between yeah. Jefferson, the problematically named Jefferson Davis and his brother, Aaron Davis. Um, and, and you know, so that felt, although I like the, the Prowler boss battle, um, the, the visual of that, but, um, yeah, I, I would love to see this world continue to be fleshed out, whether that be in DLC or, or in in the sequel. I, I did miss uh, having Jonah pipe in constantly. I thought the Danny cast for um, uh, how kind of like positive and youthful it was uh, wasn't quite as enjoyable as hearing Jonah be irascible, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I I appreciated the break from Jonah, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I will say I've heard, I've heard enough of uh, you know uh, in, incredibly Alex Jones types characters like being thrust in my ears all the time. I guess that. that's true. I do like that they leaned into the Alex Jonesness of it and had him hawking uh, terrible products in this game. I thought that that was clever. Um, I will say the Danny cast in this game in the comics is called Spider Talk. And the guy who wrote it acknowledged that it was uh, influenced by my show and that maybe the character Danny is named after uh, myself. What? Um, yeah. Um, what? Are you I, serious? I, I don't have it like 100%, but I, 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 I wrote to him and he sent me back a big smiley face image. So um, You are the reason why the podcast that Miles Morales listens to is called The Danny Cast? It could be because in the comics it's called Spider Talk, which is the name of my show. So they, I guess they changed it. I was a little bit like, "Hey, I wanted Spider Talk to appear in the game, if only yeah. to get me why some didn't more they call clicks." It Why do you think they didn't call it Spider Talk? Uh, they they just wanted to slight me, but that's fine. Well, I well, I guess also because they uh, like Spider Talk kind of limits it in a way as to what she can talk about in the game, right? Yeah, that was my thought. Um, I, I just think that you know they must respect my show so much that they they decided you know we'll let him have his space we don't dare tread on his uh, well, yeah ground. i mean it's also like they're afraid of you like they don't uh, want yeah. to they don't want you to sue their ass right yes like, that's right that's right david because i would sue marvel or, uh, over yeah, me for, for using the name of your podcast right exactly which is definitely not attributed to their comics in any no way. no it yeah. has nothing to do with them at all uh, of course um, of course you don't you don't discuss their copyrighted material at length at all in your podcast. No, never. <laughs> okay. Well, Dank Vosden, it's been a pleasure chatting with you about this uh, video game, Spider-Man Miles Morales, or I think it's Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales is a technical name. Um, you can check Dank Vosden out at the Amazing Spider Talk podcast, uh, which is available wherever podcasts can be downloaded. And Dan, you're also on Twitter, right? I am on Twitter. I'm at at Sup Spider Talk. All right. Check them out there as well. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Culturally Relevant or wherever you're listening to this feed. Um, we hope wherever you are, whatever you're doing these days, you're staying safe, staying healthy, and most importantly, staying at home and not traveling. Uh, during the Thanksgiving holiday, because uh, if you do, it's going to be a rough winter for a lot of people, and we don't want you to be part of that. So uh, anyway, you can find more episodes of this podcast at culturallyrelevantshow.com uh, and email me at culturallyrelevantshow at gmail.com. Follow this podcast on Twitter at CRevShow. 
That's C-R-E-V-S-H-O-W. This podcast was powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.